Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. How's Wednesday night doing? Good, good, good. Well, it's been almost, almost nine months since I've taught on a Wednesday night. And uh, back in November, had a little mishap. And um, um, real happy to be back on a Wednesday night. I'm not going to be doing every Wednesday night yet. I had somebody ask, so, so you're going to do all the Wednesdays? And I said, no, I, I'm not ready to do all of that um, with Sundays and so forth. Plus, um, I'd had several people ask recently, where am I at my doctoral program? All of my coursework is complete, and I'm now in my writing. Now for the next year, I'm writing uh, my doctoral project, and it's pretty intense, and so I've carved out time, and it's on a, on a timetable. Something like that, you can't just say, you know what, I think next Tuesday I'll write a little bit. You know, it has to be, because uh, there's a lot of research and, and writing to go with it, so um, kind of have woven that into what we're doing as well, so... Well, it's good to be with you tonight, and we're going to uh, dive into the Word and have some... Uh, this, this is going to impact you tonight. Are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? And I'm calling this tonight, Wise and Otherwise. And we're going to get into the book of Proverbs, and over the next few times that I uh, teach, we're going to, on, on Wednesdays, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs, and uh, I'm a big believer in the Proverbs. Now, I owe you guys, though, I owe you about two more messages on a series that I didn't finish last fall. We were finishing up systematic theology in a series called uh, Believe, and we were in eschatology study of end times, and um, I almost had some end times. And so, um, but we've got a couple more weeks. We'll, we'll do that at some point up, upcoming as well, so that'll be good. Um, everybody knows that Proverbs is in your Bible? Okay, it's the 20th book. It's in the Old Testament. It's uh, wisdom literature. It's written by Solomon. Um, And Solomon didn't heed all of his own advice, which is a cautionary tale in itself. There are two other writers. There are some other scribes that are talked about in the men of Hezekiah that, that help to most likely just copy and write. But you've got, toward the end of Proverbs, Agur and then Lemuel. And you've got those uh, toward the end. But most of all of this comes from Solomon, who is considered the wisest. But all of it comes from God. And we know that wisdom comes down from above. It comes comes from God. So the book of Proverbs, uh, that Hebrew word for Proverbs, actually, probably in its simplest form, means the writings. The writings. And as I said, this is wisdom literature. Um, as included with Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. That's the, those are the wisdom books. Um, it is all about wisdom. The word wise and wisdom are used 125 times in, in the Proverbs. The Amplified Bible refers to wisdom 
typically when it translates wisdom, it will say this, and I want you to get this, skillful and godly living or skillful and godly wisdom. So we want to get some skill out of this so that we can live uh, better than we are. It is not just wisdom, though. This is about wise living so that we can be holy and happy and healthy, or as we talk about a lot around here, happy, help me, stable, fruitful, and blessed so that we can be a blessing, so that we can bring glory to God. But all of it has to do with not just this collection of wisdom, but to be able to live wise and to live right. So the Proverbs address all issues of life. I mean, it, this gets down into the nitty-gritty of our lives. One quote I found about Proverbs, it says this, it's intensely practical, distinctly uncomfortable, and immensely profitable. Say that again. It's intensely practical, distinctly uncomfortable, and immensely profitable. We find that it is a book of contrasts and comparisons, and... Um, that's why I'm calling it wise and otherwise. Now, wisdom literature, especially the Proverbs, um, is not presented to us, and we're going to get into the real core of this in just a moment here. It does not operate like a lot of the rest of Scripture. It does not operate like the commands of the law. It doesn't operate like the exhortations and imperatives of the, of the New Testament teachings, the epistles. It doesn't operate quite in the quite in the same way. A proverb is, and in our, our vernacular, in our definitions, a proverb is a general truth. It's a generalization. It's an adage. It is advice. And so bearing that in mind, now hold on to this, the proverbs do not offer an ironclad guarantee or promise on everything. Okay? They're not presented in the same way that other promises are. The book of Proverbs, get this, is loaded with promises. But there are some generalizations, and we'll break this down as we go tonight, that are not ironclad, guaranteed promises. Especially, now get this, especially when it comes to another person's will. And there's a lot of it in the Proverbs that if I do this, somebody else would do this. That's a generalization. Let me, let me, let me uh, try to expand on that just a little bit. The Proverbs are not promises. They are principles. They're principles. So get this. The Proverbs reflect the ordinary way or the normal way that God distributes blessings. Okay? So read that with me. The Proverbs reflect the ordinary way that God distributes blessings. So in general, ordinarily, normally, if you do things this way, you're going to get these results. But when it comes to another person's will, this, this is something I, I've, I feel led to spend a moment on because over the years I've had people ask things on this. So what the Proverbs do is point to us the best path. The best path. And then if you go on the best path, you're most likely to get the right results. So if you go and and you get uh, a packet of seeds at the store 
And on the front of it is a picture of begonias or tomatoes or whatever you're going to grow. Anybody grow begonias? That is a thing, right? Okay. Begonia lady over there. No. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. But what it will say, and then on the back, if you look at them, I know this because I'm a retired gardener. On the back, there will be, on, on some of them, I remember, there would be a map. Like in the United States in zones. And it would give you the seasons that it would grow um, or won't grow. And then it will tell you for best results. Everybody say for best results. For best results, you know, wait until after the last frost and, you know, it's got, you know, make sure your soil's this way and direct sunlight or no sunlight or, you know, how often you water and all of these, these kinds of things that, that go along with it. My problem with gardening was it was just, just too much work. I just wanted to pick stuff and not weeds. And that's another thing. So you've got a weed and you get, you, you know, all of these things that have to happen. But how many of you know that, that sometimes stuff just grows? It just grows. And then other times you do all the right things and it's like, what's the deal? Am I right? And in some ways, the Proverbs are like that, especially when it comes to the will of other people. So if you take the best path, if you do what's written on the, on the little envelope, if, if, you do, if you follow that advice, you can have the best confidence that you're going to get the best results. Are you hearing me? You're going to have the most confidence I will get the best results if you follow those kind of things. But let's, let's look at something here. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Here's a great example. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's in the Bible. So I've had people come to me before, and they've said, I, I tried to train up my child in the way that they should go. And they are not cooperating. And now they're older and, and they have departed from it. Now you see you have another will involved. You have, you have their will. How many of you used your will? How many of your parents tried to tell you do this and don't do that and always do that and never do that? Come on. And how many of you know that you went and did it anyway or did, right? Okay. What was that? It was your will. It was your will. God doesn't even override your will. And so we don't have this as an ironclad guaranteed promise that this is going to happen. Here's what we do know from other scripture is the Holy Spirit is able to, one place in the Old Testament says he's able to just whistle and call them home. So some of you concerned about your kids, you know, and they might be adults or whatever and they're not serving God. Hey, Holy Spirit can go where you can't go, say what you can't say, do what you can't do, and he can, he can give the whistle and call him. So you keep your faith out there, and you don't, you know, bang your head on the table saying, I did my best, and right, you know. And some people lose confidence in the promises of God because they said, well, I did this, and now they're not doing this. And so it's not, it's not an ironclad promise 
It's the principle of it. And how many of you know that you're going to have greater confidence to get this result if you do train them in the way that they should go? See, if you you say, well, it doesn't matter, so I'll just train them the way I want. You know, my grandpa, I was like four or five. He would do this just to get a rise out of my mom. I'd, I'd be sitting with him or whatever, and he'd take a cigar, and he'd have me take a little smoke off his cigar and hold a cigar. And he'd go, hold on to it. Your mom's coming. He tried to teach me to blow smoke rings. I'm like five. Wait, it gets worse. He, he would have me take a little sip of whiskey. I'm thankful I don't have a problem. Seriously. Or any more problems than I have. And he'd do it to just get a laugh out of my mom getting upset and me just going like, you know. And I'm just a little guy. It's a wonder that I turned out as good as I did. Are, are you hearing me? And so grandpa, if I was left to grandpa, grandpa was training me up to be a pirate. But the best confidence that you're going to have for the right results, the intended results, the picture on the front of the envelope, the best confidence that you're going to have is to take the best path. And that's what the Proverbs give you. We, we read later on in, in Proverbs about being an excellent wife. And it says if you're an excellent wife and a virtuous woman, it said that your husband will uh, praise you and your children will rise up and call you blessed. And I've talked to people all over the time. And they're virtuous and excellent woman and their husband ignores them. And their kids are brats. So we don't have this ironclad promise regarding the will of other people. But the best confidence that you're going to have to get the right results is going to come from following the best path, the path of wisdom. Is that clear? Do you all get that? And hopefully that will help you with that. And you certainly won't go accusing God of failure. Okay, these are the principles. This is the path of wisdom. You want kids that are going to serve God and go in the right way, then do it. The best thing that you can do is train them up in the way that they should go. If you're with me, say amen tonight. All right. Well, let's let's shift gears here just a little bit. We are living in the information age, but we sure aren't living in the age of wisdom. Um, you know, you could have a PhD. I actually had one professor who has two PhDs. And this doesn't apply to them because they were brilliant and godly. But you could have PhD and be a computer whiz and have all the world of information at your, at your fingertips and not live well. So it's really not about information. Now, I believe we should grow, we should learn, we should get information. We're to serve the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind. You know, that is very, very important. Um, But we're living in a day where people are more reliant upon information, and we have information overload. 
and they're not really walking in wisdom. It is time for the people of God to walk in the wisdom of God. I have a globe in my, um, in my office upstairs, and I was walking around in my office praying um, this afternoon, and I walked past the, the globe of the world, and it was upside down. And I just looked at it, and I thought, sort of. And so I tried to write it, and then it went back just sideways. I said, sort of. <laughs> you know, and without me just wedging it somehow, I just realized I'm not really going to be able to change the whole world. But I can walk in wisdom, and the people that I can have influence in their life, I can help them to Amen. point them to where they can get wisdom. We need wisdom. Tell your neighbor real quick, we need wisdom. Tell your other neighbor, you need wisdom. All right. right. I want to get you to the key here that would unlock Proverbs for us. And so look with me, if you will, in Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1, verse 7. Now, before I read this, let me say that in the previous six verses, and we're not going to read right now, It gives you kind of the purpose of the book of Proverbs. And then it's going to use interchangeably a number of words that are essentially part of or synonymous with wisdom. So there's going to be understanding and insight and discernment and knowledge and those kind of words going on. But what we're after here is wisdom. So let me point you to the key and then we'll we'll show you how to use that key. And then you're going to leave here tonight... um, having insight and know the path to be, to be able to get the wisdom you need for life. No, thank you. No, no. I'm All right, watch this. The fear of the Lord is the, it's the beginning of knowledge. Now, this essentially would be synonymous with wisdom. I'll show you another verse in a moment. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the beginning of it is what? The fear, no, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now look in Proverbs 9, verse 10. There it is. The fear of the Lord. Here it is again. The fear of the Lord is the, come on, the beginning of what? Wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's implied here is the beginning of understanding. So I want us all to read this verse together. It's going to mean so much more when we finish tonight. Read it with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Okay? Can we do it one more time? Because I really want you to get a grip on this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of of the Holy One is understanding. Now, kind of keep that in your mind, and let's break this down a little bit. 18 times in Proverbs, we find the phrase, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Um, And this is the key. This is the key. The fear of the Lord is the key. Information is not the key. Reading a proverb every day is not a key, is not the key. It's part of it, but that's not the key. The key is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is going to open up. And in that chapter 1, verse 7, where we saw beginning, it's a different word in the Hebrew than this beginning. And it actually 
puts it as a chief thing, a higher thing. So the fear of the Lord is so high, it's what will help you to get to knowledge and, and to wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One. Now this is not knowing about him, but knowing him and knowing about him is the beginning of understanding. Now, watch this. If we fear the Lord, everybody say fear the Lord. Fear. Now, let me stop just for a moment. Over, over the years, I wrestled with it early in my Christian walk. Um, I talk to people all the time whenever this subject is brought up. They're not sure what that means, the fear of the Lord. Are we to be afraid of God? Are we terrified of God? Because part of the Hebrew word for it means it's like a holy terror, you know. But, but let's, let's put it in terms that we can apply here. If we have the fear of the Lord, then we acknowledge this. He's the creator and we're the created. He's the father. We're the children. He's the master. We're the servants. And we could go on and on and on with this. So what it is, it's knowledge of the Holy One, knowing who he is. Then I find out who I am. Okay? That's why I've, and I've taught this a lot recently, begin with a bow. I hope some of you are doing that as a, as a, as a holy practice in your life. Begin, begin your day bowing before God and tell him, you are God and I am not. And you made me and I did not make myself. And you care for me and you're the one who takes care of me. I honor that. I acknowledge that. I submit to that. I will serve that. Help me today. You are Lord. And then you get up and you go. And what you start out with is the framework of the fear of the Lord. That you know he is God. I'm not. He's the boss. I'm not. Are y'all hearing me? So when you see that, when you have that knowledge of the Holy One, then you will respect God for who he is. You will listen carefully to what he says. If you really settle it in your heart, you're the boss, you're God, you're eternal, you're all-powerful, you acknowledge that knowledge of the Holy One, then it should result in this. I'm going to respect you for who you are. I'm going to listen intently to what you say. I'm going to endeavor to obey you. Y'all get quiet on that one. And I'm going to seek to never displease you. Now, I probably won't obey everything. Why? Because our biggest problem is inconsistency. And I probably will do some things that will displease him. But that's another subject. That's his grace. That's his love. That's his truth. That's his mercy. But what we have to start with, if we're going to have wisdom, and we need wisdom, is we must have the fear of the Lord. Say it again, the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is this. You are God and I am not. You're the creator, I'm the created. You're the master, I'm, I'm the servant. You're the father, I'm the child. And because then now you know who he is, you acknowledge who he is, then, then I'm, I'm going to respect you as that. I'm not going to act like I'm one of those things that you are because I'm not. Did you know you're not the boss of your life? Do you know you're not even the boss of your finances? Really, you're to seek God on, 
on all of those things. Are, are y'all with me tonight? And then I'm going to listen intently to what you say, which you cannot do apart from God's word. And I'm going to endeavor to obey you, and I'm going to seek to never displease you. And that's the fear of the Lord. And here's what happens. Now with the fear of the Lord, here's what you will do. You will choose his principles. You see that? So if I have the fear of the Lord, as we just spent a few moments defining, outlining, if I have the fear of the Lord then I will choose his principles. And his principles are wisdom. So the fear of the Lord is what? Is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is the beginning of me understanding that. And so when I have the fear of the Lord, even if it's just beginning in you, and for some of you, maybe it's just beginning in you, and some of you, it's, it's maturing in you then what you have out of that is if he's God and if he's creator and if he's boss, then I'm going to choose his ways. His ways would be higher. His ways would be better. And when we come to the book of Proverbs then, I'm going to choose his principles. And then I begin to walk in wisdom. Are you here? All right. He's the creator and he's the ruler of all things. Can I get an amen on that? Well, it doesn't look like that. Hang on. Just hang on. You'll see that he's the creator and he's the ruler of all things. And let me just go ahead and shoot to the end, okay, and give you a little preview. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess They'll admit it. Won't be forced to. There won't be some big guard angels. Say it. (laughs) No. Every knee will bow and every every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Every, Every knee, every tongue. Let me get back to this. He's the creator and ruler of all things. And he has put within his creation divine order. Everybody say that. Divine order. And if you follow the divine order, then you can expect right results. I'll say all that again. He's the creator. He's the ruler of everything. And he has put, he has woven, he he is in, uh, it's infused in his creation divine order, divine order. And if we will follow that, it will lead to right results. So people with the fear of the Lord, say that's me, look at life. They look at the world. They look at situations. They look at relationships. They look at everything through the grid, through the lens, through the filter of God's truth. So what is your situation? Well, it's financial, it's relational, it's emotional, it's this, it's this. You know, whatever it would be, you have to look at that, first of all, because you have the fear of the Lord. You want to look at everything. You want to look at everything through the grid, through the lens of God's truth. And then when you act on that, again, that's going to lead to wisdom. Look with me one more time in Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Wisdom affects every area of your life. Wisdom affects every area of your life. It gives order. It gives purpose. It gives warning. It gives discernment. It helps you to make decisions. It helps you deal with adversities. So in the book of Proverbs, you're going to have warnings. You're going to have instruction. You're going to have advice. You're going to have principles. There are promises there. And we must follow these. Why would I follow these? Because I have the fear of the Lord. And because he is God, because he's creator, because he's master, because he's boss, he's creator and ruler of all, within everything is divine order. And the Proverbs are helping us to see very clearly divine order for everything from a relationship situation to uh, adversity in life to how to handle whatever, and it helps us with those things. That's why it's called skillful and godly living. Look at this real quick. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. I hope I didn't make that too wordy, but wisdom is the art of living skillfully. How many of you know you could, you could live a little more skillfully than, than you are? You know, I was watching the Olympics last night, and I was watching our swimmers. Go us, huh? And, I, and, I, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I, I swim. A whole another level, though, okay? I was watching the divers the other night, and I thought, never. You know? But wisdom is the art of living skillfully. Let me just ask you something, just off the, off the point, just a little bit. Don't you think that would be an incredible witness for the people around you? If you're able to live skillfully, it's an art of living skillfully in whatever Real life things are going on for you. Isn't that amazing? Now listen, let me go over this and we're going we're gonna to bring this in for a landing here. Wisdom has to do with, and the Proverbs have to do with, becoming skillful in, and let me just give you a partial list. Honoring our parents. That's, that's in Proverbs. How many of you know that's better than not? Raising our children. Handling our money. Conducting our sexual lives. Ooh, pastor said. (laughs) Going to work. Exercising leadership. Using our words well. Treating friends kindly. Eating healthily. Drinking healthily. Laziness. Jealousy. Cultivating emotions within ourselves and attitudes towards others that leads to peace. I mean, just if that's all it promised, and I was selling something here tonight, you go, yeah, I'll take two of those. Amen? Amen. So wisdom is very day-to-day practical. Now, now this is why Proverbs is so, this is why I constantly read the Proverbs. I've read them for over 30 years, day by day by day. What if you miss a day? I pick up the next day. Because the Proverbs, get this again, this is a little bit of a recap here. I need wisdom for life. 
And if I will have the fear of the Lord, not just read the Proverbs, but have the fear of the Lord, then I'll listen to what he's saying. I will consider well what he's saying. And out of the fear of the Lord, I will choose his principles. Because in everything that he's made, it is, that he has made, there is divine order. And with that divine order are paths that he has said, go this way, go this way, go this way. And if I'll choose those things, then I'm walking in wisdom. And it's so practical. It is so day by day. Look, look at this next, next statement I have for you here. The way we think of God, fear of the Lord, and the way we respond to him is the most practical yet most spiritual thing that we do. Read it with me. The way we think of God and respond to him is the most practical yet spiritual thing that we do. Some people, when we talk about spiritual things, they've got to be spooky. They want everything to be a little spooky and ethereal. And I want you to know that real spiritual living is so practical because I have a fear of God who made me, who knows that we're living a real life. We're not just living our whole life in a prayer closet and then listening to worship tunes as we lilt around the room. And that's my life. That's not much of a life because you're called to go and to be and to do and to help and to make happen. Yes, you better have a prayer closet. Yes, you better, you better worship the Lord, but it's practical. Are you hearing me? The most spiritual thing that we can do is walk in wisdom. And where does wisdom play out? It plays out in my practical life. My, my son-in-law lives in Nashville. He texted me late last night. He said, could I talk to you tomorrow? I've got something I've, I'm thinking about working on. He said, could, would you be able to talk? I said, absolutely. So I prayed for him last night and I prayed, prayed for him this morning. And then he called about midday today and we were able to talk. And, and I saw it just playing out, and he did, he did too, that in making decisions about life, that is so practical, but guess what else it is? It is so spiritual. Now, if you try to make your practical decisions on relationships and finances and everything else that you do, and you do it apart from God and his wisdom, you're in trouble. Because you're not wise, you're otherwise. And it will not turn out well for you. So on a day-to-day basis, nothing is more important. Nothing is more important than knowing God, the fear of the Lord, and knowing his ways. And that's the beautiful thing about the book of Proverbs is it opens up. I, I asked you if you knew it was in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's the 20th book, okay? And I want you to find it on your phone, not right now. Find it in your your hardcover Bible. I've been reading the Proverbs for, like I said, over 30 years. Try to do it on a daily basis. Whatever. There's 31 Proverbs. Everybody say 31 Proverbs. Most months have th- how many days? 31 days. And so today is, is, is what? The, the 10th. So what would you do? Read Proverbs 10. I think it's good to read it in the morning. And, and what I've done over the years is I'll, I'll kind of rotate the different translations that I might would, would read it in. And that would help you to get some insight. So here's what you do. Read the Proverbs. Everybody say, read the Proverbs. Read the Proverbs. Cultivate the fear of the Lord in your life. Can you remember all that? 
cultivate the fear of the Lord in your life. And then James tells us if you lack wisdom, we can do what? We can ask for it. So get in the Proverbs. Get in the Proverbs. Cultivate your fear of the Lord. One way to do that, begin with a bow. But live your life with the awareness. You know, it's not mine, it's his. He's boss, he's God, he's Lord, he's Father, he's, he's ruler of all. Keep that in your mindset. If, you, if you're thinking about him in that way, you view him in that way, you'll listen to what he says. So now the Proverbs that you're reading now take on a whole new light and they become the beginning of wisdom in your life. And then whatever wisdom you need, James chapter 1 said, ask God and he might give it to you. He will give it to you, and it actually says this. He won't withhold it from you, and he will give it to you generously. Amen? Do you get anything at all out of this tonight? Now, you can be a hearer and say amen and clap tonight and not be a doer and nothing. Nothing. So what you need to do is be active in the fear of the Lord. Be active in reading the Proverbs. Be active in asking God for wisdom and then walk it out. And I'm telling you what, you're going to, you're going to be on the best path for the right results. Confidence will come into your life. Peace will come into relationships. You won't panic. You know, that's one of the things I'm learning. The older I get and the more that I walk with God, the less I panic. You know, that's, that's like the proverb that Alicia has Shared. It's been real revelation with her. Is God saw this day. Well, if you don't have the fear of the Lord in the sense that he's God, he's owner, he's well, he saw this day, then guess what? If he saw this day, he has preparations for this day. He has things in line for this day. Amen? Well, I pray that I'm looking at some really wise people. Amen? Expect new confidence and new joy and new peace to, to follow as you walk in that path of wisdom. Amen? Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.